and welcome to episode 297 of the Sunny 16 podcast. It's great to be back with you again. Uh, it's me, Graham. I am joined this week by my two beautiful co-hosts, Rachel <laughs> and Claire. Rachel, first off, how are you? Hiya, Graham. It's lovely to be here and uh, seeing your lovely faces as well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm a bit tired, um, unsurprisingly, after having uh, Constance's first birthday. Can't believe that. Where did th- where did that time go? It's uh, absolutely crazy. But yes, yeah, so she's been busy um, with her with her walker. She's got her wooden trolley. She got her her first camera. She's very excited about that. Literally the most excited face I think anyone could ever pull. Um, opening her first camera up for her first birthday. So uh, yeah, she's uh, she's having a whale of a time, and I'm just t- really tired <laughs> <laughs> from that. That's the way it goes with small children. Small children suck the life energy out of you. They're like vampires in that respect. Those sponges, yes. Yes. Claire, how are you? I'm very well, Graham, and as always, really nice to be here. And um, I'm super excited tonight because we've got one of my favourite photographers joining us. We certainly have. Yes, we've got. We've, we've got. I mean, I think it's safe to say we've got a listener favourite back as well. So brace yourselves, listener. You're in for a treat. Claire, seeing as you uh, organised all this, I'm going to hand over to you to reintroduce this fine gentleman. Okay, so listeners will be familiar with tonight's guest. Um, we've got on the legendary photographer, um, Brian Griffin, who many of you will know, has taken some of the most well-known and iconic album covers. Um, so several Depeche Mode ones, um, Kate Bush, to name a few. Also made um, really good music videos as well for, again, Depeche Mode, but also bands like Pansonic. Um, and also um, <laughs> some interesting photos of um, actors and also um, such as Donald Sutherland. And I know Brian's got a really interesting story about Christopher Walken <laughs> um, that he might tell us. Um, so, yeah, it's just wonderful to have Brian back because it was about listeners will know it was about <laughs> years ago that Brian joined us to talk about the book. And that he had two years ago called um, Black Country Dada. Um, and I do believe that was episode 223. Yeah, that's right. So if there are some listeners that haven't um, listened to that um, episode, it's worth um, revisiting that. Um, so, yeah, so welcome back, Brian. Um, and I know we're going to have a conversation, a chat about what you've been up to since that kickstart and maybe how that one went and where that has led to to today and your um, wonderful news that you want to share with listeners today. So how are you, Brian? Very well, Claire. Very, very well. It's nice to see you all. Um, yeah. I've been looking forward to this. It's good. Yeah, it's great to see you again, Brian. So yeah, as, as Claire was saying, last time we spoke to you um, was in the run-up to you launching the Kickstart for Black Country Dada, a fantastic book. I have my copy it's on a shelf just above my head it's there um a fantastic book um so that was just before the kickstarter started i think actually might even have been during the kickstarter Mm -hmm. how was that whole process for you in the end it it plays a a strange toll on you really uh, doing kickstarter it's it's really really great um the great software unto itself you know it's a great software to use and uh it's quite exciting to 
to embark upon using it and um, to embark upon trying to crowdfund the book. Um, but it's rather stressful at the same time, and it's very demanding. Uh, it plays a strange, strange part on on you, really. It's, it's like well, it it just leaves you feeling very strange about yourself i think um i really like it i really like it, it gives me like really strange emotions really of, of watching it watching it grow hopefully mm. grow or watch those kickstarters grow in finance that is mm. um but when you when you embark upon it you sort of like make the decision to do it a very long time before you actually do it so it's part of your existence really for a long period of time before you actually launch a kickstarter for yourself because you know you're going to do it that's what you want to do and um you sort of live with the nervousness of of of, of doing it um and then you go through the process of constructing it of course which is extremely time consuming although it only takes literally maybe half a day to put it you know, to lay it all out and things like that. Um, but all the considerations and all the alternatives you could do as opposed to what you're doing. Uh, and then you sort of launch it. You sort of like launch it and just hope it works. Um, of course, if really works, it's delightful. And then you go through a process. I go through 30, 30 days Um of course, you can you can choose your period of time. Yeah. I did thirty. I think it's fifteen, thirty, sixty, is it, or something like that. Mm. I choose thirty, and um, and you, then you watch it grow and hopefully financially grow for yourself. And then it just flattens off somewhere like fifty percent of the time. Like after two weeks, it's known to flatten off, and it flattens off. But it, when it flattens off, meaning nobody comes in and gives you more money. Um, it's rather sort of nervous and it creates a real nervous feeling about it. Is it going to carry on? Is it going to be okay? People say, oh, yeah, it'll pick up. And then at the end, it'll go crazy. Mm. It actually does. It does do that. And then you finish it and you hopefully raise the money that you wanted. Because if you don't, you don't get a penny, of course, your Kickstarter. And then, and then you've got to make the book. The book then is another month or six weeks at the printers and the binders and things like that. And then you've got to send all the copies off. <laughs> Say how many hundreds you've sold if you're lucky enough to sell hundreds. And that's going to take you. You mentioned signing hundreds of books and posting hundreds of books. You have to, I, I do it all myself primarily with a little bit of help occasionally. And so therefore at the end of the whole, the whole process, it's months and months and months of it. And that's even not even taking account actually producing the um, um, the book, you know, producing, mm. taking the photographs for it, whatever, and if it's a photographic book. And then that's about, well, it could be any, any length of time whatsoever, of course. Uh, and that's a real challenge. And then all the files, I mean, it's a massive under, uh, thing to do for yourself, but it's so rewarding in the sense that, you hopefully have a book exactly like what you would like your book to be on that particular project. Mm. Designed beautifully, you hope it is. Uh, you're, you're hopefully you've controlled it and you've uh, 
on every little page of that book so it like sings exactly to you how you you want your book to to be and um it's just an incredible process of which i think i believe in in self-publishing a lot because okay. i know all the other aspects of publishing photographic books having done it myself um, I, I was one of the the first people to self-publish a photographic book in this country really i don't think i thought i was the first one and i still think i am but I, there's another photographer called colin kerwood who bought one out at the same time as i bought my copyright 1978 brian griffin 1978 designed by barney bubbles mm. uh, so that was like how many years 44 years ago i did my first book um and I believe in self-publishing because uh, it, the, the project at the end should be exactly what you, the project you wanted. No misgivings, which you can gain working with a publisher, of course. They can throw their weight around if they fancy throwing their weight around. And, um, and then all the money comes to you. Of course, most of the money then goes out. Uh, but at least you exactly know what's happening with your book, which maybe you might not totally know what happens with the publisher. Mm. Maybe they've got their own methods, their own reasons, their own ways of like putting, say, a few photo books through at the same time in order to get cheap printing for themselves. And I don't know, they, they have lots of methods. Uh, actually, I'm not against uh, photographic book publishers. They do a good job, of course, but I prefer to do my... Do you think, Brian, from the um, perspective of the um, packaging it up and posting it out, and as you mentioned, all those kind of like, po like post logistics, like you'd look at uh, fulfillment in the uh, in the future. Somebody else to do that side of things. Presumably, that's not your favourite part of creating a book. <laughs> Might make that side uh, a little easier. No, I, I mean, I went to Sweden recently um, and I, uh, I, I signed something like 400 posters. 400 I had to sign. Um, and I signed, when I did the pop book, I think I signed hundreds of pop books when my pop book came out in uh, 2017. And uh, Black Country Dada, I think I've signed about 450, 500 of those. You need a stamp. And you find you find your, your signature changes. You know, it goes all the way. Signature cramp, <laughs> definitely. Anyway, I'd like to come back and and really answer your question correctly. I mean, I, I regard myself as sort of an artist, really. I don't earn lots of money. I can employ staff. People think I'm loaded. You know, people think. Oh, he, he's really famous. He must make a lot of money. You know, but I don't. So, I'm 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 just a, I'm just a, a crazy photographer, really. Yeah. Well, I'm not even a photographer, I don't think. I'm You're just the crazy person at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to do some photography. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it is a quite a buy and keep on, you know, signing those books. Cool. Um, seems to be an occupation of mine, signing books and signing posters and things. So. 
after the Kickstarter and once the fulfillment was going on, you did go around and do various um, gallery showings and talks promoting the book as well, didn't you, afterwards? How yes, did all did. that go? Um, there again, um, you're right, actually. I had a show in Islington in London, um, an amazing exhibition, actually, a great, a great venue, which... I mean, I've, I've got a lot, hopefully I've got a lot of friends. I, I mean, I do lose them fairly rapidly, but I've still got quite a few. <laughs> and uh, um, they helped me uh, to find um, to find a venue. Uh, they had connections, etc. And I had a wonderful venue, which then I had to pay myself, uh, pay for myself. And uh, I had help to set the whole show. It was a really big exhibition. I don't know, it seemed like, 3,000 square feet or 2,000 square feet or something. Maybe 2,000 square feet. And, um, That's enormous, though. <laughs> wow. Enormous. With posters, with everything, with books, the whole thing. And, of course, it was really when it was locked down, mostly locked down. Um, and then I went on to Derby. I had a show at the Format Festival in Derby after that. So and the show went on the road. for started in April in Islington, and then went to Derby and finished there something like about uh, so many dingings. Uh, went um, there for about three months, and then he went up to Colwyn Bay, as Claire knows. Uh, that, that stayed there for about three months as well. So the show was actually on the road for oh, just a year, nearly. Well, not quite a year, like um, 11 months. It was 11 months on the road. But this is something you have to do for yourself. You know, I don't have like people phoning me up all the time. Oh, we'd love a show of your work. Or I don't have anything that people dream about. That I have that life is easy for me. That I get plenty of opportunity. I make opportunities for myself. You know, I, I mean, I spend most of my time thinking, thinking, and plotting and working on, on, on concepts or on ideas. Um, I don't really have any like big financial help. It's all comes from my hard work. I just work all the time. I'm I'm 365 days a year photographer, really, or I like to call myself an artist, which a lot of photographers aren't, by the way. I'd like to say, oh, don't mean to upset them all, because <laughs> they all think they are. Um, sorry, yeah? <laughs> um, am I saying, I'm saying the wrong thing? No, well. you're fine. <laughs> you're all good. Um, Brian, is, is there a, um, a kind of like... Um, a way of determining whether you're a photographer or an artist in in Brian's world is where where's the uh, where's the line set for you? Right. Okay. The line sits essentially. I think um, if I, 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 I that's a really interesting question because if I see a, a photograph or a set of photographs, I cannot believe that's just so extraordinary. I've never seen a part of the world a thing, uh, anything like that before in terms of rendered as a photograph, as, as portrayed as a photograph. Uh, I think that person's like a genius and I think that uh, I, I regard them in the, in, the, in the highest esteem, really. Um, I think of photographers being people that like, I don't know, just record a moment or record something. There's no artistry about it. It just has a sort of document something that's like happening or has happened. It's like, like I've specialized in portraiture most of my career and um, 
and people, they just get a person, stand them up in front of a garage, in front of a car, in front of a house, in the middle of a living room. They stand up straight and they just click the camera, you know, um, photograph that person. I regard that as not, not very highly at all. I want to feel the spirit of something. I want to feel something emanating from the image, you know, from the image I'm looking at. I want to, to feel something special. It, I don't know, it just a great photograph just like, I don't know, it's got something about it that just like reaches out to you and touches you and takes you over, hopefully. Um, I, I've got lots of, uh, um, I don't know, great photographs in my head, you know, that I've enjoyed over my lifetime. And I find they're getting less and less, actually. I don't know why. I think great photography isn't, doesn't exist so much as it used to for some apparent reason, which I don't understand why. But there still is some very good work out there, of course. I, I wonder whether it's, I mean, as has been discussed, ad nauseum, it, it's not so much that it maybe exists in any smaller quantity, it's just that there's so much more photography in general that the percentage of it that is great is is so small i mean it just of course it is it's the same with any you know any um thing like this whether it be somebody making cakes or anything that a lot of people can engage in there's going to be a very very tiny number of people who are making something truly amazing um mm -hmm. in a sea of people making i'm not going to say bilge but i might have just said bilge um you know and there's a sliding scale in between isn't it it's there's some very good competent stuff um yeah. And then there's, as you said, there's some stuff you look at and go, huh, wow, I've never seen that before. Um, and, or, yeah, I, I, I can see where you're coming from completely, Brian. It's, um, yeah. Can I ask, I wondered if there was anything um, recent uh, that you've seen, Brian, or anything that you'd like our listeners to go and look at or think about that's made you think that, that's made you go, wow, you know? Yeah. Well, you're Claire there. She's trying, she's working hard, aren't you, Claire? Oh, thank you, Brian. <laughs> oh, don't you? You're, you've got your own world, which you know, no one's like you. Either. Very specific um, style. Yeah. Very specific style. Um, and uh, it's quite rare. I, I find that women are really rising to the top in, in photography yeah. today. I really like, I mean, I, I, I've given a prize for my festival for years, actually. Um, but at least the last few years have gone to women and my prize. Mm. And, and I'm finding that, that women are better photographers than men generally, uh, who, who are serious practitioners. Women are serious practitioners. Of it. And it's, uh, uh, there's more good, interesting photography coming from women than men these days, I think. Yeah. Um, I really do think it. Um, and I do support support women photographers. I mean, when I think of, you know, I, I don't want to think of name names. I mean, I, I don't like naming names. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, ask me another question, please. Okay. So, so. On, Sorry, Claire. Brian. I wasn't meaning to. Like no, I was going to say <laughs> when you talk of talking of styles and your style, mm. Brian, is I feel like. Your, the work that you did of the London, the London city businessmen, really, mm. I can't think of anyone that could go 
to take pictures of city city businessmen in London <laughs> and make them look so quite surreal and really artistic um, and out of the ordinary, really. You know, the, I love that the image, you know, them coming out of the lift. It's got a very craft work feel to it. Um, all those images, all those photos that you do definitely have your own unique style. And I bet bet they had a, a great time shooting with you, Brian. <laughs> you know, the ties, the big ties carrying, and we, and we know about the, um, you know, the, um, well, and, the, and the, the one with the big... Um, we let off all the fireworks. <laughs> Claire, Claire you, you are doing such a great job of giving listeners not a clue what you're talking about. Can, yeah. Brian, I I know exactly what Claire means. Um, can you remind me again what the name of that, that specific project with the giant tide that ended with that um, amazing explosion shot? Yeah, all sorts of things. I think, I don't know, it's just... Bright. I, I've, I've never really... I mean, I have a... A, a competent history of, of, of photography. You know, so I, I understand the history of photography fairly competently in the sense that I have explored it. I have uh, I've, I've explored to the sense that I know most great photographs that are in the public domain. Um, and But I, I don't go to photography. Really. I, I always go to painting and mm. sculpture. They're my influences. I, uh, they're my great influences, and I always have done. And I'm rather surprised that there's a lot of photographers that don't really pay much attention to that art form of painting or sculpture. Yeah. I'm really, really surprised. In fact, I can't remember one assistant who's ever worked with me, who's ever been interested in in another art form um, as a you know painting or sculpture. It could be embroidery. I don't know. It could be glass. Anything. Um, but they, no, no phot photographers just are not interested these days. They're interested in, I don't know, looking in the back window of a digital camera, I think. And I think that's one of the reasons that maybe photography has lost its edge primarily is because mm. the digitalization of the medium. Yeah. And not the, not the effort that one had to put into it. Because us photographers, that that have grown up with analog photography. I think, we, in fact, people who work with me, they say I work like an analog photographer in a sense. You know, my, I don't look in back windows or over camera or anything. Um, I, I use it as a, almost a process, the process I always used at analog, although there's no film in the camera. I, I use it in the same way, really. Um, and I, I find it better. Uh, better vehicle for my photography than analog um photography I I never liked photography quite honest i wonder whether but, there's something to do with the fact that with analog photography with kind of every step of the process you kind of you can understand what you're doing and you can understand how you can manipulate the process and change things to make them work the way you want to and so that then as an extension I mean, not everybody does this, but but individuals like yourself can then go. Well, if I can do that with the process, I can then extend that out further into everything else that I'm doing. I mean, when we talked about your work again, I highly recommend listeners go back and check out show 223, where we discussed quite a lot of your um, iconic pictures in detail, and there are some amazing stories around them. But 
you would create techniques for doing things that had not been tried before ways of doing stuff with i mean knicker elastic is the thing i will never forget <laughs> that was the thing that was discussed yeah. at nice. great length afterwards and we could talk for ages on nickel elastic i'm an expert on it exactly exactly but it's that that sort of hands-on nature of the process that it's everything's mm. built around then encourages well you can be hands-on about everything going forwards and i wonder where that because the digital box is a a closed system and maybe it puts your mindset into a more closed space to start with i don't know that might and i'm sure there are still plenty of people shooting digital i know there are who do do amazing stuff but it feels fewer and far between um you talk brian about the kickstarter process and what an amazing emotional roller coaster it sounds like it was for you of ups and downs and uh, and mundane packing and things like that. Um, why are you setting yourself up for this again? Tell us about tell us about <laughs> what you're gearing up for now. I think I like I like the creating pain for myself. I feel like <laughs> I've not done anything, you know, without a pain attached to it. Um, I mean, that I used like to, an artist to me, definitely. I used to go on these assignments, like Claire mentioned about the businessmen and things like that, mm. where, and I and I did do it on this book, by the way, I must have uh, done, and was like, I haven't got an idea, nothing, I, I, I wouldn't have an idea in order to constrain myself, in order to cause, be in pain, I haven't got a clue what to do, you know? I put myself in a situation where I hadn't got a clue what to do and I'd got to sort it out in my head. And I would I would purposely do that give myself no time at all to sort it out, like the subject will come into my room and, oh, I've got to work it out quickly. Um, I used to like that feeling of adrenaline, you know, I used to work on adrenaline a lot. And I still work on that, um, employing adrenaline, where some of this, this book called Gary, which I've just, just completed, uh, well, completed, meaning I've completed the project, and not the book, as we talked earlier about Kickstarter mm. processing, this is why we're talking like this in the sense that um, people would come in and I'd feel like really I'd have no idea what to do with them. I'd, I'd make myself have that situation where I hadn't sorted anything out. Um, but something would come to me out of the air almost because I was under that sort of strain, you know, that pain. Um, and um, I, I still, still employ the same methods. I employ everything now working digitally as, as I did in, in 40, 50 years of analog. Uh, I employ the same processes. I either take any photographs, I don't push it on my on sort of button and go like that and hope I've got one. Um, I take very few photographs, like um, a digital camera. Um, I, I don't spend a, a lot of time. Um, I know when I've got it, for instance. Um, I, I break away from the process of taking pictures after taking very few. I might take 10 or 20 maybe, take 20 maybe occasionally or something. Uh, whilst I always only took one roll of 120 film when I did all my pressure mm. before. Maybe I did two rolls because if I lost one roll or one roll uh, was damaged, I'd have another roll, that'd be okay. I only did two rolls because 
it enabled me to have the safety of the second role. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I, put, I put myself through so much. And I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I mean, I just lie in bed, just looking at the ceiling and just thinking, well, oh, you know, an idea comes. Like, I've got an idea at the moment for another project. <laughs> I look at Kickstarter <laughs> um, called Blood. Mm. Well, that's interesting to talk mm. about, that, isn't it? And um, so I'm interested in that as uh, my next book. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, just go through uh, go through uh, suffering, really. I, I suffer. <laughs> I do suffer. And I purposely suffer. I purposely put myself through all these different pains in order to get myself, get something out of myself. Yeah. In order to scrape something from inside, something that's up there in the top corner or somewhere, wherever it might be, and go to it. And I mean, a man came to me in Sweden two weeks ago, and he thought he came over to me. And his eyes were like bulging, and he got a hat on, and he put his face right in front of my face, and he said, "Do you believe in God?" I said, "Yes, I do. Of course, I do. Yes." <laughs> Um, and he said, do you, did he, you know, he, he went into this religious spiel, which I do actually, I do actually feel all those things. So he was, I, I had to agree with him that he was actually talking to me. He made a lot of sense what he was saying to me. And then in the end he got, I, I think he got sort of 50 pounds out of his pocket to buy those posters. <laughs> and he bought them, you know. And he perhaps he needed to find out if I, was really a religious man or whatever, or believed in Jesus Christ and God, before he would buy my, my work. <laughs> yeah. You meet some interesting I, people out there. I do, yeah. I mean, I, they gravitate towards me because uh, I'm that sort of person. Like Claire. Claire is that sort of person. Of course she is. Yeah, she's great. You know, Brian, you know, um, your latest book that is going yeah. to... When's it coming out? It's coming to Kickstarter in... On the first of... Uh, well, we're two days. It goes two, tomorrow night. Well, Yeah, to Kickstarter. Well, and, of course, it's got the great title, Gary. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Do you want to tell us how that came about and also about how you settled on the name? <laughs> how I settled on the... The name. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be really interesting because we had some conversation, didn't we, Claire? Mm. Uh, in yeah. the com in our chat about wonder why it was called Gary, so that'd be cool. Thank yeah, you, well, what happened was that I did a book called um, Spud. Yeah, which has got my my best ever photograph in it. It's a picture of a potato with a, a French fry coming out of it, uh, a raw potato with a raw French fry coming out the centre of it. Uh, so I love that book, and um, I photographed Gary for that book. I photographed him as if he was dead, basically. And I also photographed him because I noticed a businessman on the other side of the street on the phone, or I was messing about with his phone, and he put his car keys in his mouth, and the car key hung down in front of his mouth while he was messing on the phone. And I did that with Gary in, the, in, the, in this book called Spurt on Ghost Books, Ghost Books, excuse me, Stuart Smith, Ghost Books. And um, 
I, I go to the pub and, and I see Gary at the pub and his dad and his brother, etc. His brothers, rather. And um, after I photographed Gary, Gary said, when are you going to photograph me again? I said, I hadn't really thought about it, Gary. He said, oh, right. And then he kept, it was 2.17 that was. And he kept on at me until the middle of 2.21. He kept asking me virtually every week when I was going to photograph him again. So, I mean, you're talking, what's that, three three years or something? Constantly, almost every week, asking me when I was going to photograph him again. So I said to him, I said, Gary, you're going to be uh, in a book that you're on every single, most, most pages, almost every single page of the book. You're going to be on the front cover of the book. And you're going to be, the book is going to be named after you. And there were like obviously two or three people heard me say that to him. And Gary heard me say, obviously, because I spoke to him directly about it. There was going to be, the title of the book was going to be named after him. He was going to be uh, in, in every single photograph in the book, virtually every single photograph, just some still lives. And um, the book's going to be about him. And he's a warehouse man. He's a warehouse um, operative down at, the, at, a, at a warehouse in Lower Road, Rotherhithe. That's um, uh, a warehouse for electrical products like switchgear and switches and lights and bulbs and all that sort of thing. And uh, so then I realised what I'd said because I was not fed up of what he was saying to me, but I, I just... Oh, I've just got to do it, you know, so something I've got to do. I said I was going to do it, so I've got to do it. <laughs> so I thought, well, what the hell am I going to do? And um, I realised that one of the things I'd never done in my life before was photograph people I love or photograph people, um, my friends, who I love, of course. And uh, I'd never done that before. Because I'm scared to photograph people I know. Because the way I take photographs of people, they might they <laughs> might speak to me again. Um, whilst it's okay on, on assignments, because you never see them again, really. Um, but anyway, they. Um, uh, so I've never done that before. Photograph friends or people I love or anything. Um, and um, so I've got to do that. And. I, I saw in a book called From Picture Press by Ken Josephson, I think. It's like, uh, it's got loads of press photographs in it. And it's um, from like, I think it was published in the 80s. Uh, and um, I got a copy, an old copy in, downstairs in my books. And, and there's, there's two two men talking to each other, and one man. Of course, so I grew up with the Cisco Kid and um, the Lone Ranger. These were masked uh, masked law-abiding people. Um, and so I thought, well, why can't he wear a mask? He wears a mask in his photo, and he appears in all these photographs in my book. And he's um, with all my friends in the book. They're all people who work down the street. There's the woman who works in the dry cleaners, the person, the women that work down in the pub, the vicar, the vicar, the uh, down at the farm, um, 
uh, all sorts of like people with different different um, what's the word uh, occupations that live down Rotherhay Street, which is really big street, and some people that are just off the street that I see quite often, and um, like there's uh, all sorts of people. Um, transgender and all sorts of, you know it's very modern i know then uh all sorts of issues it covers um a man that likes dressing up in second world war uniforms a friend of mine as a motor motorcycle dispatch rider from the second world war um there's all sorts of people do all sorts of things and um, they all came to my studio here which is just downstairs there Plus, I went out occasionally to the farm down the street. I went to the church. Because incidentally, the book finishes with Gary taking communion at the local church. Mm -hmm. He takes communion, takes, yeah, he does at the local church. And um, so it's got a religious <laughs> touch to it and a few more pictures inside it. Um, uh, yeah, so cause I, I used one photograph that I'd taken about six or seven years before because it fitted perfectly. Uh, I saw a Cornelia Parker exhibition at the, at the, the Tate. And after I came out of one of her exhibitions, uh, there was a, a shot of uh, like a cobbled street with, with, um, with milk spilt in the cobbles, like around all the joints of the cobbles. And I got an old photograph, which I've now put in the book, um, of um, a bottle of milk with a, a crown of thorns wrapped around it, mm. which I which I gave to the uh, people that the exhibition on the people that unfortunately passed their, lost their lives in Paris, as you probably know, um, a few years ago. There's a big exhibition that's been put on in last year. But anyway, that's beside the point. So. I went in this Cornelia Parker exhibition and she had a film of a man in Jerusalem, an Arab gentleman and his assistant, putting together crowns of thorns, the crowns of thorns, you know, piles of crowns of thorns. And I said, to sell. And I realized I bought, bought the, that, one of those crown of thorns about six or seven years ago. So that was the crown of thoughts that's wrapped around the top of this milk bottle that was inspired by both her film and uh, not the picture itself that I'd taken, but the crown of thorns was in her film at, at her show, Cornelia Parker. And um, yeah, the milk. So that's in the book. And then we go into the, the vicar down the street giving Gary Holy Communion, really. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting book, very interesting book. I think it's the best book I've ever done, <laughs> I'll say that. Um, it's not a fad book. I, I modelled it on the size of Evidence. Do you know Evidence? It's a book that came out in 76, was it, or 77? Um, in America, uh, the same size it is. It's a hardback, and it's, um, I think it's, is it 30 by... 260 or something. Mm -hmm. um, it comes in a slip case. If you want to buy the slip case, there's a cheaper version. The cheapest version is 20 pounds. Sorry, 30 pounds, excuse me. 30 pounds. Um, it's not in a slip case, it just comes signed. 
um, yeah, I don't know what to say to you, really. It's, so that's what, how Gary, Gary just lives down the street. Sorry. No, no, I'm fascinated, Brian, because I mean, you started this off by saying that you've shooting friends, family, loved ones is something that you've not done in the past because because you worried they won't like the way I assume that they are represented in your work. So when it came to doing this, how did you approach it? I, I can't imagine you changed who you fundamentally are and how you like to capture the world and the way you do things. So how was it? Did you have to change the way you think? Well, okay, they'll like it one way or the other. And how did you go about it? Um, I was rather fortunate. Like as a butcher, the baker, the baker, the candlestick maker. There's no saying people work down the street. You know, I, I'm a photographer down the street. You know, butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and the photographer. So I'm, I'm sort of well known down the street as being, may I say, the world famous photographer. <laughs> Although I mean that's debatable, I know, but maybe I, know. I, am. I think it's fairly. I think it's a fairly sound comment. You can you can make that. You're a world famous <laughs> photographer. I think the the world will back that up. And uh, so they 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 respect me highly, you know, because I I'm just a normal person down the street. I don't pull up in my Jaguar. I don't pull up in my roller. I I have just a bus pass and. I walk out the street with my shopping bag, and um, I'm a down-to-earth man. You know, I, I I drink in the pub with them. You know, I'm just like one of, of anybody. I'm just like mm. normal. I went to the, the local football match yesterday with my friends. Gary's dad, Jimmy, is a good friend of mine, and uh, Gary's uh, Gary's uh, dad's friend, Fred. Both Fred and Gary's dad and Gary are in in the book. I mean, it's a very, very close, you know, very, I, I look at books where people photograph their street and that, and they get the person standing in front of their front door, upright, bang, takes about 10 milliseconds to photograph that. And, uh, and I hope I've, I've got another outlook on, um, on the book of local, a street book, you know, a street book and a way you photograph local people near where you live. Mm. Um, I hope I've changed it. I'll, I'll change the way you can do that. Uh, some of the pictures are quite adventurous, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I think I don't know what the repercussions of the book, uh, whether people will be sad, will be happy, will be very, uh, very, um, I don't know what they'll be like. I hope they like it because um, it's coming out uh, if people fund it. Um, it's designed by, by the way, the cafeteria who designed uh, my book, Black Country Dada. And, um, oh, we're missing somebody. Oh, Rachel just turned her camera off. Having internet issues. Don't worry, it's fine. Oh, are you still there, Rachel? May I also turn to... <laughs> okay, she's no, I'm sorry, I, I didn't want the noise coming through accidentally, so I, I put my mic off, but my internet's not the best at the minute. So I turned off my camera just so it wasn't... Um, making problems here. <laughs> no, no problem. We just saw it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's designed by the cafeteria who designed Black Country Dada, did a wonderful job on that. Yeah. We also designed a book called Still Waters, which was my exhibition catalogue at the 213 Derby uh, Format Festival. So they've done two books. This is their third. Um, they are wonderful, wonderful people. It's uh, Catherine, Carly, and um, uh, sorry, 
um, and she looks after me so well. And Julia, uh, who designs my books at the, at the cafeteria, they look after me. They, they like, it's like my mom and dad, really. They sort of care for me through the whole process. And they and they 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 in charge of everything. They in charge of finding the printer for me. I'd like to say this book is for an English book. There's very few books in England printed, designed, printed in England anymore. Photo books, that is, of course. Yeah. And this is a total book designed by an English photographer, photographed by an English designer, sorry, photographed by an English photographer, designed by English designers, printed by English printers. Printers are in Leeds, they're called Precision. And um, the cafeteria is in Sheffield, and I'm in London. And between us, we do this English book. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I did actually think, as a friend of mine mentioned it today, he mentioned, oh, a Gary made in England, you know what I mean? I think that's really good. Gary made in England. He's made in England as well, so it's <laughs> totally England. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey. This book, I mean, wow. You, so, did you all the subject, all the pictures that were taken for it? Were they? Is it all studio based? You said you got the people to come into you to your studio. Yeah, it's. Um, I've got these small studios. Claire's seen the studios. Big yeah. toilets. Nice yeah. Nice, nice space, isn't it? It's a lovely studio. I, I bet you had great fun and. Did you did you have the minstrels out, Brian? I've got minstrels downstairs. <laughs> I think a better question is how much nicker elastic was used in the making of this book, Brian? <laughs> it's still it's still wrapped around its original um, piece of cardboard. Really? Yeah, it is. It's somewhere around, but <clears throat> and um, yeah, there was. It's about seventy-five. Well, no, eighty, eighty percent uh, shot downstairs, and the people came. You know they. Everyone was like so professional. Gary was totally always on time, and mm. always a little bit prior to time. And he was, um, and all the people that were my subjects were always on time and always there, ready to be photographed. They were incredible, and it was it was more, and they were really photogenic. Mm -hmm. All my friends were really photogenic. So. No. What, sorry. When, I'm just fascinated. So when you had these people in front of you, what what were you I mean, did you have a plan for everybody did you have an idea, a concept in your head for every came in, everybody came in for what you wanted to do? Did you have something that you were trying to explore individually? Because <laughs> like I said, your work the the hallmark for me of your work is that um a lot of it is I hesitate to use the word bonkers because that's not accurate, but it it comes from the mind of somebody who is incredibly creative and will come up with ideas for things that I would never have thought of. The way you approach things in all of your work is always very different. So, I mean, as you were just mentioning, like the 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 picture, your your favourite picture of a chip coming out of a potato. I mean, that's a uniquely Brian picture, and I think it, it's. Just indicative of all of your work so for this fairly personal collection of work of people that you know and care about from your local area who are coming into you how did you approach that interesting it comes out of this mind it comes out of, from being born when i was born 
being a child from your childhood. It's a summation of so much of all this history and uh, torment and uh, upsets and joys, of course, and and um, heartbreak and I don't. Uh, broken hearts and all sorts of things down the journey are all put into the, the mixing pot and they, some, they present themselves occasionally, you know, and uh, I mean, someone like Man Ray might present himself to me, you know, and I think, am I going to produce a better sculpture than Merit Oppenheim did with the fairy cup? Am I going to produce a better, I'm going to think about it, I'm really going to try, I'm going to think, am I thinking, think of, produce a, a better sculpture than the, the iron with the nails coming out the bottom um and like with a potato with a with a french fry coming out in the middle of it i think i got somewhere close to it very close if not as good but very close and then i think of i think of what i can do with a person when a person we think when, when a person comes in is in front of me so many ideas flash in front of my mind, you know. Mm. Um, like the, the the motorcyclist, the um, he was mostly in very dark clothing. Uh, you, you'll see it. It's, like, it's a, one I've chosen for Kickstarter tomorrow. An image, and um, and, he, and I made him very dark. He's almost totally black man, and he's being tended to by his wife, who's adjusting his clothing. And there's this. Black stern man, he's a very nice man actually, a great man called Andrew. And he just stands there like, oh, oh. and he, his wife tends to him tenderly. She's a wonderful woman who worked over in Canary Wharf. And um, and Gary's down the corner, like, oh. and I mean, I don't know, it just comes to me that mm. this man must be like a black presence next to this beautiful, beautiful wife of his who's tending to him. It just like comes out of the ideas just flow. I mean, I never, I'm never short of an idea. Um, not necessarily good ones, but I mean, I, I'm never short of an idea. Um, I'm just trying to think of another one. But the very this book is involves Claire a little bit here as well, in the sense that I tend to enjoy the same sort of period that she seems to like of filmmaking. And uh, I mean, it's a very Lynchian book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quite close to it this time. This time, there's no getting away. And I met someone down the street, and, and I said, because he's a friend, I said, This book is very Lynchian in approach, I think. And he said, Oh, yeah, your work is anyway. And I went, Ooh. Mm -hmm. But it really is absolutely apparent in this book. Yeah. Um, but his funny thing is, in, in the 70s, I. I was walking, I don't know where I was walking, somewhere in West End, and someone said, have you seen the new film, uh, Razorhead? I said, no, eh? they said, God, your work is so similar to David Lynch's. This was in the 70s. And I went to see a Razorhead, and I was like quite shocked how close it was to my work at that time. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I never find an idea difficult to come by, but eventually my brain will stop functioning in this way maybe it'll get very interesting maybe it'll just go all weird on me <laughs> this brain of mine because um, i'm reaching the age go on, go on, Claire. no no oh. i was gonna say because see i 
I love how you come up with your ideas and I love how your brain works because I know you told me the story of Julian, isn't it, the designer, who's the picture of him on your website. And you said that you you basically said he was coming to have his picture taken in, in your studio and you'd said to him, bring a white shirt. That was the instructions. And then when you saw him and were with him, you ended up putting the white shirt on him backwards and you put that door knob in his mouth and it's just like no one else could come up with that but it really works and it's a really good picture you know I don't know how you, you arrive at these uh, th th these these images because if you gave most people a, a model and a white shirt they would never come up with that picture so the way your mind works it's, and, and like I said those images of those businessmen um if most people went into, as you say, photograph businessmen, they would have just been almost like quite realist pictures. But you, your mind and your kind of um, creative vision turns them into something quite unique, I think. So it's quite exciting to see see the uh, see what's going to be on the pages of Gary. He's going to be quite exciting, quite shocking. I, I mean, I, I mean, you know, as well. I mean, I, I drink in he drink and sleep my work really i do really i mean you know perhaps i'm not a, a great father i was never a great father maybe maybe i wasn't a great husband maybe i wasn't a great whatever i was just like i just just photography just filled my life really or art just filled my life i've just spent my life working on my work really and thinking about my work and coming up with ideas and concepts you know I'm coming up with the next one you know um, yeah blurred that sounds really interesting really interesting one it really is but you know you were saying though Brian that if you photograph people that you you know you like you love you're kind of nervous in case they don't like how the image turns out so on this photo on this creation of this book of, of Gary did anyone react in a way when you suggested what you're going to do? Like, um, you know, I'm going to put the shirt on backwards or put this in your mouth. Was everybody kind of up for it or was everyone a bit, did anyone say, oh, I'm not sure about this? Or was everyone like quite excited and up for it? All the, all your suggestions. I think they were up for it actually, because they've all seen me in various, <coughs> they've seen me, for the last, I've lived, by the way, I've lived in this street for 42 years, so <coughs> I'm going to get that that out now. I mean, so they know me. They know. They probably think I'm a really odd, a great, a great one of the few, one of the people down the street. But I'm odd, you know. Uh, but I don't think I am. I think I'm quite a normal, everyday guy. Don't you think so? Maybe, <laughs> no, I'm, mm -hmm. maybe I'm crazy ideas, but I'm I'm just mm -hmm. an average man. And, the reason I love... Should we send somebody around to knock on the neighbour's door and ask them what they think? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really... Uh, Gary's... A, I love the book on Gary because Gary is just a, an everyday man in the street, an everyday normal guy. And I love I love working with the ordinary person, really, the, the mm. normal, everyday person. I hate... I shouldn't say this too loud. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say something else. I'm going to say I never liked photographing bands 
they all tried to look weird with weird hair and all weird clothes or something. I thought they didn't look weird at all. I didn't think they looked surreal whatsoever. Um, but the people, like in, as Claire mentioned, the people, the businessmen, I found them really strange, you know? Um, and uh, they were really odd. Uh, and they, they dressed in suits, which mm. like, for a surrealist, that's a gift to God, really. Um, you know, men and have any of your subjects seen the book yet or seen the work from the book, seen the pictures that you've taken? Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, Gary's dad has, and Gary has seen quite a few of them, if not most of them, and he just accepts them all. Like, just he accept accepts them. It's not, it's not, maybe not the response you exactly, acceptance. <laughs> just not, he never I'm... made a comment about any one, not one of them. He just accepted it. <laughs> and also, he, he, he's like a very interesting man. He's very, very, it's a great, a great introduction to the book by uh, Catherine Carley, and um, she's, uh, you know, in charge of the book, really, the design elements of the book, um, with Julia Wally, who's helping her as well. She's the designer, whatever. I don't know how they departmentalise their position, but uh, um, she's written a great introduction to them, The Ordinary Man. Mm. Gary, the ordinary man. I love that. The ordinary man. Because I want to make him so famous. I want him to be the new Cisco kid or the new Lone Ranger, you know. Uh, I hope he does become that. I hope Hollywood phones up. Uh, can we speak to Gary, please? You know, only if you've done a book on Gary. They, I hope they phone up. Hollywood phones up. I just pray for them to phone up. Uh, <laughs> um, so all the, the, the press that's gone on for the last two weeks on Instagram on um, mm. Facebook, etc. There's been lots of sayings, you know. I don't know if you've read any of them about Gary. Um, mm. I bet you have, Claire. I bet you've seen most of them, yeah. Have, uh, yeah. But it's it's quite good. Gary is the the press campaign's been called Gary is, and um, oh god, I'm sorry about this. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's called Gary is, and um, like, for instance, uh, Gary is just passing through. Um, that's one. Uh, Gary is just passing, sorry, excuse me. Gary is quietly waiting his turn. <laughs> Gary is the unknown. Gary is a reminder to us all. Gary is an observer. He keeps his opinions to himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary is amongst us, but often alone. Gary is a mystery to most people. <laughs> Gary is at the centre and at the edges of everything. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's the, but they, 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 cafeteria have come up with most of those. I didn't, mm. I didn't. They invented them because a man just what, just fell in love with Gary. You know, sort of the idea of him. Mm -hmm. and we haven't talked about that. I thought it was a great idea for a title of a book it's like the non-title of a book <laughs> i just love it i mean gary what a great title of a book i think I, it's a great title and I, but i love how you take like you say the real and make something surreal yeah. uh, so you've turned your um your the local people in your in like you say in your street that you've known for a long time yeah 
there's something quite special. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people. I mean, I was going to get the tourists coming down here, you know. Mm. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I love the fact that the, the spark for this book, the spark for this project was essentially Gary wouldn't stop bothering you. Um, so I guess I have two questions. <laughs> One, have you ever produced a body of work like this for a <laughs> a stranger reason than just to get somebody <laughs> to stop bothering you? And two, has the has the creation of this book made Gary stop bothering you to have his picture taken anymore? Or is he still going, well, okay, we've got the book, but when are you going to take my picture again? <laughs> I mean, there's never been any remark in any sense, in any way, both from Gary or the subjects. Nobody has remarked on anything. That's the most strangest thing. Is that people have come into my studio. They've been doing well, maybe all sorts of different things. You know, normal things, sort of. <laughs> normal things, sort of. And um, they haven't remarked in any way. Okay, that was lovely. I really enjoyed that. And they've gone. You know, mm -hmm. just been like blank face, pale, you know, not upset, not, not emotional. Worrying you, Brian? Are you, are you waiting for the... <laughs> for I think they're probably going to kill me when the book comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. With the book on kick, with the book on Kickstarter now, like you said, the the the, the cheapest kind of deal is. Uh, did you say thirty pounds? Thirty pounds, yeah. And mm. I, is there going to be options to have a book and a print? And yeah. have you already selected? Are the prints all from Gary? And have you already selected those? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've done exactly that. Basically. I might add some as the process goes along because you can add, you can add to your, uh, you know, um, to your office. Um, I, I've got, uh, as I said, a slipcase for a more expensive book, which includes a print inside, and a slipcase with a, a print inside. You know, the book source mm -hmm. numbered or whatever, and then um, there's like. A, a sleep case with both photographs inside, so it's another one. But there's also another interesting, and I've passed it past Gary, so he, he doesn't disagree with it. Um, he, he's okayed it now. You so say you can be photographed with Gary. Oh, that's a good one. It wasn't <laughs> my idea. I must admit it was Catherine Carla's idea at the, at, um, the cafeteria. Um, yeah, you can be photographed with, uh, with Gary. You can, either, you can be up to four people. Because I think four people be enough in my studio. Um, you can be one person, two people, three people, or four people with Gary. You can come in before and you're dressing all his gear. And by the way, Gary is a masked man. I didn't I mention that at all. He's got he's got he wears a mask in every single photograph. And it's a it was decided by uh, I mean a great stylist called Roger Burton. Right? Mm. Catherine and uh, so, excuse me and you know um, Claire and um, and he said you must get the straight-sided sorrow mask yeah it is <laughs> sided in the sorrow mask um, and there's a tote bag as well you can have a tote bag a Gary tote bag and you can get a Gary badge actually an animal badge <laughs> I love so, it. Um, is Gary going to be signing these books as well? In fact, even better, are you going to fob off just the signing to Gary? Say, look, signing <laughs> books is really boring. You do I it. Have, I have thought about it. I said, okay, Gary, uh, we had a thousand people by your, your book. You fancy signing? <laughs> I don't. 
think I really would have might be saying, well, it goes to the pub, you know, it's about, um, I, I know, I know, I'm done my time to go, I, I, I know, half an hour after work, like 5.30, let's go to the pub. Anyway, um, the weekend and some things, he, he probably doesn't have the time to sign them, he's got other things to do. And uh, I did think about him signing some of the books, a dual signing. That would be interesting mm-hmm. to have Gary sign it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did, I have thought of it, but I didn't want to subject him to, um, maybe I should do that for, say, a section. Do you I, think that's a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think, I, I, you <laughs> know, I bet he'd be up for it. Is Brian going to go to Gary and say, so Graham from the Sony 16 podcast <laughs> tells me that I should subject you to doing this. <laughs> He's had this great idea. <laughs> I think he'd be up for it. I think Gary, I mean, I have no idea. I've never met Gary. I have never, <laughs> but I bet Gary would be up for it. I just have He's a feeling. To, it's about 41 years old. There you 40. go. Oh, well. As a 41-year-old myself, I can say categorically, then uh, absolutely, yeah. of course, we'll be up for it. <laughs> if ever there's a time in your life where you're searching for some sort of affirmation as to the point of your existence, it's in your 40s, so signing loads of copies of books, is like that has to be a way forward. I, yeah, I definitely think get Gary to sign some. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, as you did with Black Country Dada, there will be um, some exhibitions following the publication of the book, mm-hmm. and maybe going to... And, I mean... You know, even if he's just stood in the background whilst you're sat on stage talking, I mean, you need to get Gary at some of those. He's he's Gary great. on the road. He has a real presence, actually. I have to admit, you know, he's one of those people that has a presence. Yeah. And when he wears his outfit and his mask and he wears a black suit and a white shirt, and he has got a presence, a real presence. And um, you've, had, you've got – also – I've got some uh, launches. I've, I've sorted some launches out in London, primarily. I haven't got any for around the country. I do. The author's travelling around the country. I'm it's going to Colwyn Bay again. Go to Colwyn Bay again, yeah. <laughs> it's like being sent to Coventry. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, where are you? You're Oxford, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely know to avoid it now then, Brian. Yeah. I know. I, I just do a bypass <laughs> around there. <you> know? <laughs> Uh, now I've got a, a, a ring road in Oxford, haven't they? Oh, yeah, home. yeah, yeah. You're all right, you're safe. Yeah. We're kind of all over the country, actually, aren't we? Because uh, are you from, Oxford. by the way? Yeah, sorry. Where are you from, Rachel? Where are you from? Oh, I'm in Liverpool. Oh, excellent. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Made it all the way up here. <laughs> I've been to Liverpool a few times, yeah. I saw that you uh, did a documentary, obviously, about uh, support. Yeah, I've, I've worked with support, yeah. Uh, I spent a month with him, yeah. He used to call me Broy. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been a while since you've been up to Liverpool? No, it's not really. I, I, I came and gave a talk on Echo and the Bunny Men in a bar oh, cool. there. A bar there in, uh, I can't remember the month. Is it January, February? No, February, I think, or March. February, oh. March, maybe, something like that. Oh, fantastic. Well, you'll have to let us know next time you're up here and uh, maybe if your exhibitions get a bit further afield out of London. It's going to, it's going to be our street. Yeah, <laughs> there's always that as well. <laughs> I mean, it's really difficult to get exhibitions. Mm. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, England's a really strange place for still photography. Mm. It's a very difficult place in the world. In comparison to where, uh, like America, France is incredible. Like wow, France is incredible. Germany, 
France, obviously, yeah. Got... Um, obviously, Japan and obviously America. Mm -hmm. This country is just the largest. Well, maybe it's for other arts as well. Not in, in what sense? I'm just interested to know, you know, there might be people who would like to find out a bit more about trying to you know put on an exhibition in where's the where are the barriers or what is it that's that's more difficult about it in this country um well i just find it by of course i find it because not being asked you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh, primarily the reason uh, um what do i do i think uh money is tight obviously as well mm -hmm. is it is it more difficult to do that in the uk than than abroad then well, I've exhibited more in France than mm -hmm. than I have in this country, and a lot most photographers have British photographers. Mm -hmm. uh, France seems to welcome them with open arms. Any good ones, you know? Um, definitely. Uh, Iceland's pretty bad. <laughs> Iceland and England are the two, two bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> is it because of the costs? Is it is it that venues aren't open to? Photographers, well, as you know, I mean, like the TV series at the moment features ranking, doesn't it? Do I need mm -hmm. to say more? <laughs> Not a fan, then. <laughs> um, getting back to to Gary, um, I have to say, I I haven't seen apart from a few pictures that have. That I have seen on Instagram, which is not very much. Ooh. I haven't seen any of the work that's going into this, and I'm really excited. I'm just really excited to see a new body of work coming from you for what seems like the most fantastic of reasons and I, it, I'm just really excited to see it. Um, do you find uh, clearly you still have ideas swimming around your head the whole time? Do you, Would you say that that's get, getting more as the years go by? Do you find that you're like, I've got to do these things before, you know, I can't anymore? Or, or is it just a, a constant thing that's been with you through your whole life, this desire to make stuff? I mean, obviously it has been with you your whole life, but do you find that the pressure is building because you think, well, you know, the clock's ticking. What if I haven't made all these ideas in my head? Yeah, I do think that. You hit it on the nail, really. I do realise I'm getting older and I do realise that the years I have left may be few, or maybe, maybe quite a few. I don't know. Uh, I don't feel ill in any sense of the word. You know, I, I'm not suffering from anything. I'm a fairly averagely fit, I would think. Uh, I walk every day. I, I, that's where one of the great changes in my life over the last few years. I've walked a lot. Um, I, 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 I think it's Van Gogh that got me walking, really. Uh, reading books on Van Gogh, and uh, he used to walk enormous lengths. Um, and famously had a long and happy life. And he had, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, he's, he had rather uh, yeah. Is it that you found your your walks have contributed to ideas? Or? Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> Walking is the most fantastic thing to do to get ideas. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're not preoccupied in any sense, apart from obviously going from A to B. Mm -hmm. It seems to be rather laissez-faire. I mean, you can do that without even thinking about it, going from A to B. Whilst mm -hmm. you're driving or something like that, you'd have to concentrate on your journey. Mm -hmm. You can walk in, you can just dream, you know. It's just mm -hmm. fantastic. And all the ideas come to you. Or, or something that you... 
something comes to you that you've forgotten or something like that, like your memory seems to start to work for you as well. It's great. Walking's great. I, 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 I walk it. You know, obviously they always say 10,000 steps and I walk at least 10,000 steps a day, every day. Um, I, I mean, it's just the best thing I've ever done in my life. I always had a car, you know, um, but I don't have one now. Thank God. I can walk everywhere. Um, and, but anyway, I think that you're right in the sense that I realise that I'm not immortal. I'm not, I, 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 I know, sorry, I, I know I'm, I'm a human being, I'm mortal, something could happen to me any minute of the day. Um, and I do fear that in a sense, in a sense, do feel the finality of it all. Um, and, and I do feel, even if that doesn't happen, um, that there are other things that can come into your life that make you less than capable, which I fear as well, of course, as everyone does. Mm. Uh, so I've got to got to get things done, really, you know? and uh, and I'm really quite uh, energized when I do something. You know, I'm really a, a not very tolerant person. I don't think when I'm doing a project or something. I think I react as if it's vital. <laughs> it's vital rather than okay, we'll do that later. We'll do that tomorrow. Maybe next week will be okay. I'm like really quite quite vital about everything I do, quite, quite, uh, I, I don't know, I'm the easiest person in the world to, to do a project with. Uh, and I think people probably feel the atmosphere from me or the spirit of me. I mean, I'm laugh, I'm good fun, I'm, I'm a jolly person, but I think when they come in my studio and that, they, they know they've got to get down to it, I think. Yeah. I think they really do, really, now. especially at my age now. I think when I was... A lot younger, I, I worked on the prayer. I, I, I tried different cons, I call them cons, how uh, to get someone to do something. Because I was quite a young man, really. I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s. And I think I tried all sorts of methods to get people to do what I wanted for me. But I think it's the atmosphere I generate now in my age, my seniority in most cases. People tend to listen to senior people a lot more than young people unfortunately well there's also that thing isn't there i i say that thing like it's just one of these accepting things but i i'm sure i listened to something recently that said that as we get older sort of one of the parts of our brain that kind of starts to run down earlier than others is the bit that deals with tact and diplomacy which is why as we get older we just get a bit more straightforward in the way that we communicate with the world <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing i don't think sometimes clarity of clarity of communication um i, I don't want to get into any depth because this will be a, this will be a thing to come back to in the future and you you already mentioned about your next idea blood um is that the thing in your head at the moment like you've gary is done now or well not done but the the shooting side of things is done and blood is the next thing you're looking forward to is that like that is the next thing i want to get done and i have to get that done or is there something else, some other project or person to work with or thing to do that has just been sat on the back burner for whatever reason for years or whatever that you're just like, I really want to try and get like your your bucket list idea that you haven't yet been able to do. Is there anything like that? Or have you been able to kind of do the things you've wanted as you've gone along? 
I think I've got the last thing you mentioned. I don't think so. I wanted to do as I've gone along. Mm-hmm. They seem to come to me. You know what I mean? Circumstances happen that generate an idea, I think. Um, like Gary's, obviously, a circumstance mm-hmm. that happened. It's so funny. If you can look at the Spud book, he's like, I, I put him in the most horrible places. He had to act dead for me. You know, I've never had a person act dead for me. I put him amongst builders, rubble, and everything. You know, he's an incredible uh, subject. Um, uh, he's, he's quite an inspiring man, actually. I find him quite inspirational. The way he's almost uh, Zen is a strange word to say. I don't like saying it because I'm not a hippie, really, but whatever it should be. Um, it's like it's just like really quite quite something. He's quite something as a person. Mm. Um, the, the simplicity. He mm. spends a lot of time in his own thoughts, embedded in his own thoughts. And he lives a very simple existence, which I admire actually. Because I, I, maybe I do. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope I don't. Um, it's just I don't know. It's just it's hard to explain. He sounds like he's the perfect um, muse for you. I mean, you you were talking earlier about why you found taking pictures of the businessmen so much more rewarding and enjoyable for you than taking pictures of pop stars who are trying to bring their style and whatever to it. Whereas these businessmen who on the one hand could be viewed as they're very blank canvases. They're just there. And so your creativity, your inspiration can work with these tools and it sounds like gary again provides that kind of muse of he's he's a, a real presence there upon which you can build around and create anything there's nothing there's, there's nothing there to distract your creative attention away from doing what you want to do in some ways i wonder if that's a link there with them but um yeah i can't wait to see this book let's so as listeners listen to this yeah. The Kickstarter will have gone live or be going live imminently. This will probably go out on Thursday. And you're saying the Kickstarter is going out tomorrow on Wednesday? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. One o'clock. Sorry. Uh, 12, one minute past 12 tomorrow night. One Ooh. minute past 12. So right, just into, into Thursday by one minute. Yeah. There you go. So the Kickstarter will be Obviously, we will make sure that there are links to this yeah. and to all of Brian's work in the show yeah. notes. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing this one and like i said listeners if you have not heard the previous show of brian please do go back and listen to it and check out his other work but also do go and check out this kickstarter um this is not an exaggeration to say that i think brian is a truly extraordinary photographer and a really unique voice like the way you do things is incredible and the the last conversation we had was talked about between the rest of us for uh, uh, well, for, forever afterwards. Uh, forever afterwards. And Brian, I'm going to hold you to the Petrified Trees project. Right. <laughs> I'm going to come up to the beaches of Anglesey, darling. Yeah, for the Petrified yeah. Trees. Yeah, the film. Is, is this something you've talked about before, Claire? Because uh, I don't know what what that is. Sorry. Oh, petrified Trees. Yeah, Brian. Uh, Brian came to visit on Anglesey. We went for one. We went for a long walk, didn't we, Brian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we were talking, and uh, we were near this forest, 
um Flandrin, we were on and we we're looking at forest and brian just said oh look at those trees <laughs> they're cowering they're petrified and so that started a conversation about um a project about the petrified trees didn't it brian a film oh, so yeah. we we're planning a film <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna hold brian to the the petrified trees film that sounds fantastic yeah, yes. yeah really interesting and I brian can i ask you before before we close can you can you tell listeners your Christopher Walken story? Yeah, I can't, love it. Brian. <laughs> we need a Christopher Walken story. <laughs> okay, you want to hear it? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I used to go to America in the late eighties, the very sorry, the late seventies, in the very beginning of the eighties, like right, like seventy eight to eighty one, something like that, eighty two, and work on Esquire magazine. Uh, the famous American magazine. There was an Englishman that was the art director of that magazine called Robert Priest, and his assistant was Derek Ongles. Both of them worked on the Radio Times in England in the in the seventies, and they went over to America and over to Canada first, leaving America. Anyway, Robert Robert asked me. He said, "Look at this. I've got this Annie Leibovitz photograph of Christopher Walken." Can you beat that? I said, of course I can. Of course. <laughs> it was just Christopher Walken standing up, you know, in front of a, a brick wall, really, a, a fully wall, complete wall. So it was just a man standing up and said, of course I can beat it. So uh, I had to go, I, I don't know if it's a Stanislavski method acting school or what. It was a, it was a, a school of drama or a school of acting um, in, in New York in the central New York, it was very close to the square offices. So then I went down to, uh, and I got a photograph of Christopher Walken, because Christopher Walken, he was upset about what Annie had done for him, uh, the photograph he'd done for him, for, for, uh, that she'd done for him. And um, so I went to her, I said, where is Christopher, I've come to photograph Christopher Walken from the square, can you, can you talk? Yeah, he's downstairs in the basement. Uh, oh, right, okay. So I just walked, I don't know where I had to do, walk somewhere, and I walked down into the basement down the stairs, and there was Christopher Walken <laughs> in a completely black room. Well, obviously some daylight somewhere coming through some window, whatever. Completely black room, dressed in black, with a black T-shirt on all them. And there he is with his ashen face, you know, almost like his pink mouth, you know? <laughs> Hello, Christopher. Um, I've come to photograph you, and I was like, and the Deer Hunter had been mm. was quite a famous film by um, is it Conway? What's his name? There? The director can't remember the director. Comte, Comte, something like that, like a cheese. So what is Comte cheese? Whatever. Um, anyway, um, he just done Deer Hunter. I don't. You have to see Deer Hunter. It's quite a, quite a film. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, and he was on top of this like pedestal. Well, it was like a, a, a black bench or a black sort of riser or something. And he was all in black and he just stared at me with his pink interior mouth and whatever his lips, his red lips, whatever, and his pale, pale face as if he'd got white makeup on. And he looked at me so I said, oh, Sorry, Christopher, I just, you might, I've just got to go. Just got to get out of here, Christopher. I've just got to get out of here. And I just like escaped, frightened the life out of me. 
I didn't take it all back. I said, Robert, I'm sorry, Robert. I just, I'm sorry, but I, I, I just couldn't take a picture. Please use Anna's picture. Anna's did a great shot. Oh, please use Anna's picture. Don't use my. I can't. I couldn't photograph him. It just he scared the living daylights. <laughs> I was a grown man. I mean, nineteen seventy-eight. I was thirty, probably thirty years old. And he'd have been in his early twenties at that point. Probably. It'd be great if you could rectify that, Brian, and take a picture now. It would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'll, I'll hold your camera bag. <laughs> I was going to produce Christopher Walken out of the like closet or something. Then he's <laughs> like, "And here he is tonight." <laughs> but didn't he? Didn't he? Um, have, wasn't he really lovely with you? And you were saying, I remember you telling me before that he, wasn't he talking to you about ideas, but you just felt so intimidated, and you were like, "I don't think I can take it. I can't take it." And he was really like, "Maybe I did. Maybe uh, I'm losing track." Maybe. <laughs> Look, I've been uh, seeing these circumstances happen to me, <laughs> photographing people. <laughs> Block the memory out. That's fantastic. Um, before we get out of here, I just very quickly want to catch up with Rach and Claire because you've both got things coming up in the near future we want to talk about. So, Rach, um, remind us again of what you've got coming up. Oh, yeah. Just um, a quick reminder for the listeners that we've got the photography show coming up at the NEC um, the 17th till the 20th of September so we've got the whole analogue showcase section of the show that's going to be happening this year which is brilliant we had Ruth on from uh, the photography show just a, a few weeks ago telling us all about it so pop back to that episode and have a listen if you haven't had a chance and have a look at the photography show um, website so you can see all the speakers I'm going to be doing a talk on um analog and um uh, digital hybrid um wedding photography uh, on the tuesday and i'm also going to be doing four days of demonstrations with the cyanotype process so um i've been speaking to um some of uh, the women who are part of the uh, she hearts film um kind of like photo walks and things and we might be doing a kind of like little meet up there as a starting point i'll do some demonstrations with the alternative process and then um we get they'll be going off to do a photo walk as well so that'd be lovely um so there's going to be plenty of things happening obviously across the four days and we also have a sunny 16 podcast um discount code um which is sun tps 22 or tps sun 22 i can't remember off the top of my head can either of you remember graham or claire no i'm going to okay <laughs> i'll find sorry. out i'll find out and stick you, it in the show notes <laughs> thank you very much okay so pop that in the show notes for us don't you um but yeah really looking forward to that and um quite terrified about it in equal measure so uh yeah it'll be it'll be lovely to do that um and as we haven't previously mentioned enough i don't think um if anybody wants to send us a little email about um you know what you've been up to as well uh photographically and in general if there's um, been any kind of like questions and things for people it would be really lovely to hear from our listeners so you can email sunny16podcast at gmail.com and uh, we will uh, come back to you that'd be lovely indeed indeed and claire and, uh, you um, always make me sick because you're always going off to fun places <laughs> and having fun adventures. Oh, so let's hear what you're doing now, Claire. So, yeah, so sadly I won't be able to be at the photography show because I'm going to be on a residency in, um, just outside Barcelona for Revlity for a week. So that'd be quite nice. 
um, really awesome. So that's yeah. So I'll be there from the eleventh to the eighteenth. Um, and then when's the main weekend, Claire. Sorry, when's the main weekend? Because there's a, a oh, sort of yeah. So the main weekend of Revolution is uh, begins on Friday the seventeenth. So it's the seventeenth, eighteenth. Sorry, sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've never been to that festival, so that'll be um, be something to look forward to. Um, and then. The only other thing to sort of mention really is I um Lomography asked me to test out one of their cameras, the Lomo Instant Wide, which I did. And um I really like the camera. So that kind of article's online that came out. Yep. And I'll put a link to that in yeah. the show notes as well. Yeah, so that was a, a nice camera. <laughs> if you like instant film. <laughs> I'm I okay, I'm um I know you were going to see if you could maybe buy, <laughs> buy. Have have you bought one? Are you going to buy one? Where are you at with that at the moment, Claire? You can add it to your photography arsenal. Oh, I've got I've got one. You've yeah. got one. Excellent. I've stuff. got one. Yeah. Excellent. I saw some of the pictures that you took with it. It looked very nice. But then, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure me taking pictures with it wouldn't turn out quite as good as that. But still, <laughs> if you've got Claire skill, then you're going to go far. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I think that will do us for this week, Brian. It has, as always, been an absolute delight getting to chat to you. And um, I hope we'll have you back again in the not too distant future to talk about whatever blood. whatever blood is. I'm <laughs> equally intrigued and terrified in, in the manner of somebody being confronted by Christopher Walken by what blood may be about. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I hope you'll be back again soon to join us. And very best of luck with the Kickstarter for this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you been brilliant to talk to you brian thank you nice yeah. to meet you rachel you too we will play you out as always with rachel's band roja whose music you can find wherever good music can be found and as rachel has already said you can get in touch with us at sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com if you wish to discuss any of the issues we've covered in this week's show <laughs> um, we'll be back again next week until then listeners thank you so much for joining us and goodbye 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 Bye-bye.